Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo personality. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. We got myself, Pete, and you want to know what? I, I don't know if I should start just calling this person just a rage quit wire, you know, contributor, contributor, but we got Nick Westbrook back on the podcast from the Texas Met. How you doing, Nick? What's happening? Yeah, and I, mean, I tell you what, this is something that I've actually been enjoying a lot. We've been having people on the podcast to talk about different keywords and titles. Uh, some of them are just fans of the show that just love their keyword. And you and I have been talking a lot about this lady, the Perdita, the Neverborn Hunter. And that's next up on the Chopping Block. Very much so. Yeah, you've been pretty heavy into Guild, I think, what, for a couple months now, right? Yeah, actually, I started in 2E with Guild. Uh, it was Wave 5 when Monster Hunters were a little overpowered. Really ran with them until the, the 3E open beta, and then I started acquiring 10 Thunders, went 10 Thunders for a little bit, and then uh, GG2 and, and Titles just made me dive into Guild all over again. Yeah, and I, I like doing these because the next one that I, I have recording later this week, uh, we're going to talk with a, a guy about uh, Lucius and saying, you know, it's not not as bad as, you know, people would think. So um interested to see how that works out. And I think they're actually doing it from the Neverborn side, too, which is interesting. But before we get into all of it, make sure that you guys are checking us out. We are on the Instagram. We are on the Twitter. Definitely check out the YouTube channel. We are getting provocatively close to doing our first giveaway for title box or core crew box of your choice. All you have to do is just subscribe, like it, share it. That way we get more people on. As soon as we hit 500, then we're going to give away a box. And then down the road, when we hit 1,000 subs, we'll go ahead and do another giveaway. So just our way of saying thanks for people that are um, following and uh, liking the, the YouTube content. We're putting out more about probably about two or three a month is what we're averaging. I think that's good since we're running a damn podcast too. Um, and if you want to support us directly, you can always do that at patreon.com slash ragebitwire. You can support us for as little as a dollar. And some of you might have noticed if you listened to the last episode, Dixon's Hispanic voice sounds very sultry and awesome because we got him a new mic because of our patrons. So uh, it almost got lost in the Puerto Rico, um, I, I don't know, mail system. It almost got lost. You know, I don't know what happened, but we found it and <laughs> he sounded awesome on this last episode. So thanks go to all our patrons for uh, for definitely supporting the show. But we're going to talk about Perdita and I think the biggest thing that I want to start with here, Nick, is why was nobody playing the original Perdita? So I kind of want to start on, okay, why is the original kind of bad and you really haven't seen much play with her until now? Yeah, the original Perdita was so card hungry. Everything required discarding cards. There was minimal to no card draw. Um, it took, uh, I believe it was an errata to finally change the totem to get a get Nefarious Pact added to the card, yeah. which helped, but it wasn't enough. 
Yeah. Um, there was a few changes Pretty that have been floating around and recommended to, to, to make that crew uh, 1.0 better. But ultimately, uh, as a leader, she was not great. She was a great second master um, because Perdita one was didn't really require the rest of her crew to function. She she just kind of did her thing. But with these changes, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely turned the tables with her. Honestly, one thing that I think would probably help the original out a little bit is I know she has crit strike, which is a little dangerous on a master because on her custom peace bringer, I mean, you can bump that up to, you know, what, four, six, seven damage, which seems like a lot. Um, and it is yeah. stat seven, which is good. And you can take the shot again. Uh, but like you said, the card thing, they want to be doing a lot of discarding to get the Aporel triggers and then bravados happening. And I think if if something was given to her to help with the hand a little bit more, like her hero's gamble, I think that would actually be better if it was like discard what you have and draw maybe equal to what your opponent has. That way, maybe you just get three, four cards, depending on what your opponent's ha hanging on to, and that can help feed the machine. So definitely something missing with her uh, that just, I mean, I think most people were kind of floating to either Dashel or Hoffman or uh, even Lucius. I've seen a lot of people play in Guild. Um, so I, I just think there were other choices. People were like, yeah, this is fine, but you can get a Peacebringer in almost any Guild crew. Right, right. And also you saw Perdita 2 um, go up against a lot of summoners because in Heroes Gamble, you chuck your hand and then you draw up to your what you drew or what you discarded plus the difference in model count. So yeah. if you're an elite crew and you're going against, let's say, a, I don't know, a nightmare keyword that has a ton of buried summons, um, and let's say she's a second master, you're you're drawing a substantial amount of cards, but you're, you don't have your crew to back it up because you can't do in keyword elite. Uh, so it's it it struggled. I mean, I I had fun with with uh, original Perdita, and um, she's deadly. But to score points, it was rough, and and she didn't last long. And you, she was missing healing. She was missing a lot of things. So uh, changes recently have really helped her crew. Yeah, because I mean, durability is not necessarily something this crew's great at. They don't have like a lot of concealment. Um, not a lot of armor besides the upgrade, obviously, that Guild always brings. But I tell you what, though, you and I definitely have talked about the Neverborn Hunter, and she is strong, to say the least. Let's kind of start with first, what before we get into what she brings, what are some good things that the keyword already has? So what is the keyword already doing? And then we'll get into what she makes it really pop. So really, the, the keyword's great. Their front of card abilities, bravado being able to take a concentrate and push four inches towards an enemy model, operel discarding a card to let a, a friendly family model within six take an action out of activation, um, and it and it and it's kind of steps down in cost, right? So if a eight stone model uh, finishes activating, they can discard a card to let an eight stone or less take an action out of activation. Then across the board, their damage tracks are just about two, four, five across the board, loaded with a ton of crit strikes um there's some hidden not hidden but uh, uh potential usage for a stunning strike on a couple models to get stunned out there which is crucial in a lot of these title master uh and, and keywords that are out there not to mention there's a trigger that kind of floats around the, the keyword 
called Family Values, allowing yeah. a friendly model within six take a, uh, a concentrator draw card. And so yeah. that overall, that's that's what the crew brings. 12-inch range, uh, if they're loaded with focus, they're going to be hitting that, that top end of two, four, five, even accidentally with, with yeah. out-of-activation shots, you know, just plinking two, 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 and then all of a sudden you spike a, a four, four damage or five damage uh, negative flip. So um, there's a lot of pot- potential there. Yeah, and they definitely want to be spending their actions to attack, and bravado helps with that because you can just, when you concentrate, just move up four. So it's just kind of like the slow creep and just bullets flying all over the place, and that's kind of the feel of the key word, which, like you were saying, it, it can be good, but the problem was you didn't have the hand to keep triggering it. So you might have got one or two kind of good streams with one, but then you're out of cards and you're kind of just flipping off deck and just kind of seeing what happens each activation. So what is Perdita, the Neverborn Hunter, bringing that is just amazing? First off, her stats are pretty freaking solid. Yeah, having defense six, willpower seven on a master with 13 wounds is uh, or health is pretty fantastic. I mean, it, she's she's survivable, durable, and with some of the support models that that I bring in, very survivable. What she brings now, uh, she went from being a just a straightforward killer with some anti-scheme tech with the target practice, getting rid of markers at 20 inches away, which is hard to spend master AP on. But if it you know, negates a point, it negates a point. Um, this, this model really is a toolbox master. Um, she summons, she supports her crew, and she still has a 245 custom peace bringer, <laughs> uh, but at a stat six, womp womp, but still it's so good with some killer triggers. So, uh, she really brings a lot of utility. Um, she's her ability to shift gears based on what's on the board and, uh, what comes at you, uh, is the best I've seen in the games thus far. Yeah. And the biggest thing is with her being the head of the, the Ortegas, whenever you do that discard to concentrate out of activation, you get to draw a card. So you're replacing the card that you're pitching which is good because you're getting rid of the chaff and crap and you're still getting a concentrate to trigger all the stuff, but then you're drawing a card. So you might not be getting as many shots out of activation, but you're definitely getting concentration and a card and still doing the four inch push. And we're going to see other things as well. I think before we talk about how we play her and stuff, the other thing that's big, you mentioned the summon, the thing I played, I played two games with this title And the thing I noticed with the upgrades is it's not just like you get a summon and, okay, here's a cute little upgrade. Those upgrades are pretty beastly, um, very reactive. You want to kind of talk about which ones you've liked and which ones you've kind of found a lot of use for? Yeah, I think the upgrades are her main shtick. I mean, the the card card draw uh, aura is huge because it fixes something that Perdita 1 probably should have had already. I, I I don't know. That might have been a little too powerful with her gun, but these summon upgrades, when a model is, uh, when a Pistolero is summoned, they attach one of four upgrades. And I didn't even know um, a Pistolero was a model until this uh, Master came out. Yeah, what's funny is I was pro- proxying Pistoleros I bought used as Monster Hunters before they ever released the Monster Hunters because the delays with distribution. Yeah. So all my Pistoleros say Monster Hunter 1, Monster Hunter 2 on the base. <laughs> Nice. So I have to I have to repaint the bases, but I, I think that's her driving 
force in this crew is the ability to get these upgrades in the in the right place at the right time to to buff her crew the way she needs to. So all of these upgrades not only give a shielded one to the model that it's summoned that it's attached to, it does make it slow, but every, when it's attached to that model, all four of these options um, do something different when it's attached in a two inch pulse or two inch aura. One could, is removing scheme markers. One's ending conditions on family models. One's uh, giving out concealment. Another one is giving another model a free shot, yep. which could be a master, by the way. Keep that in mind. So good. But not only that, that's just when it attaches. Yeah, that's like the coming down effect. And it's very similar if people have played Kalodi back when he actually, if you play him Dead Man's Hand today, you'll notice that during the start phase, you attach the play or whatever it is, and then there's an immediate effect. So this is very similar where it comes down and pulses an effect out, essentially. Absolutely. And then the other half of that equation is it consistently or constantly has a aura around this model that buffs the family models and they're family only these are you can't bring in a pale rider and get these effects but hey i'm i'm um, a fan i'm a fan of it i think that and that's a mistake with some of the titles i feel i feel like all the titles should have been keyword centric on all the busted abilities because that makes them less busted right so i do think that was good agreed yeah yeah it's hard to to uh justify putting something like this kind of buff that could affect all models, which yeah. would be just crazy broken. But it also encourages in keyword uh, synergy, which is what this crew needs. You need to stay in keyword as much yep. as possible. But uh, the six inch aura can affect all your family models within six inches to ignore concealing and hazardous terrain, uh, ignoring incorporeal on another, anti obey, and then kind of like a, a, a diet evasive, right? It's just a, a uh, one damage reduction on blast pulses and auras, which is huge. And they're all named uh, adequately towards the yeah. master that they're kind of going against, but um, they are fantastic upgrades and it helps the entire crew. Did Guild need another master that just said, you know, fuck your obeys because Hag Hunter just says, and it's, I think it's a direct poke at Zoraida just being like, yep, you don't get to obey us. We can just choose not to. Nope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guild has plenty of tools to do the anti-obey uh, shenanigans. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, I mean, the upgrades are obviously good. I mean, they make the pistol arrows a little better when they're next to other family models because there's like this pseudo kind of grow mechanic, right? When you, yeah. a pistol arrow kills something, you can grow it into a monster hunter. Right. Yeah. What's, what's crazy is while this thing's attached, if it's within two inches of a friendly family it gets plus one to its stat and a suit of its choice which will go over triggers <laughs> i imagine good. later which is nuts um, but if that model happens to kill an enemy model it grows into a monster hunter um, without reattaching the upgrade so you don't get that place effect again or get hit, hit with the slow yeah, again it's a replace effect so it's not like it's yeah. coming down again it's already been there yep uh, actually it's in the text because it's a summon upgrade uh it would not reattach, but it the, in the text actually says it does not reattach. It just stays with because it would proctor that, yep. which I imagine we'll get into later with the Death Marshal Recruiter, which gets yeah. bullshit. and we'll <laughs> Bullshittery. Start, yeah, we'll start flinging shit then. But getting that, being able to grow those models up to a Monster Hunter is pretty fantastic because their gun gets better, their triggers get even better, um, they get faster, and potentially up to stat 8 
on their gun, depending on who they're going against and when they're shooting. So it gets pretty crazy. So just to have some con context here. So how many games would you say you have with the Neverborn Hunter? Easily 50 plus. Yeah. So you've been playing her a crap ton just because she's been putting a bunch of work for you. Yeah. In my meta, I have to play the bee's knees of my faction. And so some of our Neverborn players are notorious. You're kind of in the uh, hyper competitive aggro kind of meta. Oh, it's bullshit. And (laughs) this master scares all of them, which is, which means I need to gravitate towards it more. I need to lean into the, into the skid because if, I'm going to ride this till the wheels fall off until they. Well, it's funny because I was actually talking about that on the last episode that we did where um, I was talking about whether to play Terra, Terra 2 or not. And it's like, yeah, she's good, but it is so much bullshit that I'm just like, I think unless honestly I was playing in like a meta like yours or if I was playing in a national tournament, I probably won't play her just because I'm like, I, I just feel wrong doing it. Do you feel that way with Perdita? Is she that good? She's that good. Yeah. And actually in our local metas, I will not play her in round one or two, depending on who I'm matched up against, just because I don't want to give that NPE. Um, But the guild has some NPE masters that I I don't know if I can avoid, but uh, this one's definitely at the top of the list that I try to avoid with new players. Cause last thing I need is a new player hate quitting on the game and selling their (laughs) models on the way out. You new player, man. I tell you, I've been playing outcasts and I, I made Chris rage quit a faction. <laughs> he he was going to start playing Arcanist, and he's like, I can't do this. And he's he's switching heavy to Neverborn. Oh, geez. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But I was like, yeah, you know, you got Zoraida. You got some other shit. But yeah, I made a. He, he was not happy with Von Schill and Hamlin. So mm. he, he had yeah, to switch. Brutal, brutal masters. That's for sure. So, and this is a little sidestep before we kind of continue on, just because I... We were talking about this and I was going to ask you about it. So if you think Hamlin is a strong, like just like brutal master, like you're saying, why do you think people aren't seeing as much play with him? Is it just reps because it's so intensive, like interactions? I think it's a brain burn. And I think the top players that play outcast do play them and realize that it's a negative play experience to the opponents and decide to uh, steer clear of it. Hmm. Plus if you're held to time, He's a slow grow master, right? You're you're building, you're building, you're building, and if your if your opponent can't get through turn three, you're you're not there. You're you're losing. Yeah. But if you can play a full on five round game, uh, he just wrecks shit. Um, yeah, in I'm my opinion, uh, in my what I've seen, I'm definitely getting my reps in because I'm planning on uh, playing him quite a bit, just because I like the aesthetics, I like the play style. I like the, you know, never say die Knicks. Uh, I, I like the seven, you know, blood, whatever it is, just to do as much damage as you have blight. And Chris was crying about it. I'm like, well, dude, you can't just run in there. You can't just go get, you know, seven blight and expect me not to kill you. Right, right. Yeah, my <laughs> only answer to that is is Sonya and every model that has a blast marker on it and just stay that is 10 to 12 inches away I've, and just start... I've been... Hitting. I've actually... I played Hamlin against a guild player and they second mastered Sonya just for the blast and it was brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only answer to it. And even then, your, your master gets wrecked by a stupid, obedient wretch. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the unkillable nicks which we discussed earlier yeah love them 
definitely uh definitely probably going to be interested to talk about that sometime on the cast just because yeah it, it's been a lot of fun I, i've been happy going back to outcast but looking at your games with perdita so let's focus on her first so obviously she's doing all the cool stuff you get to draw cards now this obviously i think i say obviously you're going to do on the job training probably that's every turn you can right as long as you have upgrades and models yeah depending uh, like round five i don't see a need for it or yeah. even round four because if... you can only have three pistol arrows right yes and uh, there's only certain upgrades you really want on the table buffing because by themselves they're not great um but if you're if you're out of utility with them because you're uh, snowballing in the right direction against your opponent then she just needs to score points she needs to push her models around she needs to sure. shoot her enemies and position them herself in the right spot to get things done um and so i found myself on uh, many games where turn four i don't even summon i just push yeah. and score points so depends on how the game's going yeah i found myself and you you can tell me how you're kind of doing your activations with her First off, her bonus is just awesome because just giving out shielding, which just is awesome, just oh, helps. And ignoring line of sight, so and twelve yeah. inches, so it really you know you know little Nino is going to be off in yeah. you know a clock tower or something. <laughs> exactly, just totally exposed. Yep, and uh, so obviously you do that. You're going to do some on on the job training, especially early. Uh, I've found that usually if I'm trying to kill something, I like getting the trigger on her peacemaker that lets her not letting the model heal. For the rest of that turn oh yeah like if, i feel like that's a good way just to target something and blast it if you need to delete a model that's the one that's the trigger to stone for not only that you go against some of these models that have demise that heal them back up uh yep that negates that heal that they're just flat yeah, it's, dead, it's so. pseudo almost anti-demise tech there it really is it really is and uh you go up against certain keywords that have a shit ton of uh, uh region uh you know the the uh, bad juju and the nephilims uh th that's crucial well, not only you can... that you you look at jedza jedza when her stuff dies heals that's true 100 percent. and so that's that's a crucial trigger also the high noon is great in the right right uh at the right time makes when her very survivable yeah when she's getting some heat she gets that shielded too because her her pulse doesn't give herself shielded so she's kind of left out of the realm of that and i guess one thing that we didn't mention which we probably should notice or note she has intuition built in. Uh, she doesn't need a resident oh, yeah. upgrade for that. So she gets <laughs> I to totally the top forgot three. about that. That is so yeah. good. Yeah, such a good option. And when we, uh, I don't know if we're going into it next, but that in combination with Trick Shot, you can do some crazy shit with it. So what, how do you like that with Trick Shot? Are you speaking specifically with like Ricochet? With Ricochet for sure. Because you can push your own model three inches. So Trick Shot's similar uh, to, what is it, Ophelia 2's? trick shot i think she has it i think she does this one has a built-in trigger for uh family values which lets a friendly model within six take a concentrate action which allows you to draw a card um it also gives out stun to the model that it's targeting but you could target your own model the friendly model does not get stunned at that point but if you have that uh mask you can push your model three inches and with ricochet trigger it's a one two four damage track which cannot be cheated you're setting the top three cards of your deck therefore you can orchestrate a four damage hit unresisted on an enemy model without any 
messing yeah, around. Basically, and so just the, like you just make sure there's a six next card, make it make sure it's a severe boom. Somebody's taking four. Yep, hundred percent. And that's come in handy a few times. And uh, you know this this game as you especially when you get in forty games into a fifty games into a master, mm-hmm. you start really realizing where these triggers really make a lot of uh, headway and, and, and gain you some traction. Also, just being able to hand out stun to your enemy uh, is huge. Uh, oh, yeah. Six versus move is something that is is nothing to fret. Uh, even yeah, if she just so spends three actions. triggers that it just shuts off. Even just if she just handed out stun three times on her activation, pushing the enemy model three inches, giving it stunned, and then it has a built-in family values, which is once per activation. And Draw then, on a card. Draw a card, and then let, let's say you get a ricochet off, you get something else off. It, it's still valuable master AP to do that, especially against yep. so many of these masters that absolutely require their their uh, the three AP plus bonus and all their triggers. It's yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, I found that helpful with Ophelia. She has the same ability, and I was putting out stunned on the next kid, so it was literally just next kid one, next kid two, next kid three. You're all stunned after yep. defensive trigger. <laughs> exactly see so, or anything else on the car i think that's most of the stuff that is really important with her as far as kind of what she's trying to do yeah. so i don't know if you want to kind of talk about are there any specific models that you have gotten some like disgusting interactions with with this version of perdita yeah there's one in particular uh that changed this keyword uh, in, in- even the first keyword uh, uh, or the first version, and it's the Guild Mage. Um, the Guild Mage has added something to this crew, to this keyword as a whole, more than most. And I misread that card like a mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that mage. So for for the listeners, the Guild Mage is a new versatile that came in the, the starter box for uh, the other side. And, and I will say, so I was looking, because I was debating on playing Guild, but I ended up settling an Outcast, taking a break from the Bayou. And I will say, if you're trying to play Perdita, but you don't want to buy the starter box for the other side, you can actually go to Gadzooks Gaming and you can buy solos. So instead of spending, you know, a hundred bucks or splitting it with somebody, I think it was like maybe 15 bucks, 20 bucks for just one of them. And I mean, that'll, that's all you need with Perdita. hundred percent. You only need one. And even the Gatling gunners that come in that you only need one. So if you're buying that box for Malifaux, save your hundred dollars, Yep. go to Gadzooks, support a local bit or a, 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 a business. And uh, that supports our own hobby and, and Malifaux in general. Yeah, it helps them out. It helps you out. And so, yeah, this model coming out, uh, go buy you one. The main shtick that this thing does is front of card ability, glory of the guild. Uh, after a model within six inches discards a card from its control hand, this model may have a friendly fa- a friendly model within six. Heal one, two, three based on the discard. So you can really, you're, you're sculpting your hand already with Perdita. And if you need something to heal, this model gets in, is, is going to be part of your bubble and healing constantly. And yeah. so you'll find yourself constantly healing as you're up or Elling uh, and drawing cards all at once. Yeah, I so misread that a lot because I was playing against Cooper and Chris was focusing down Perdita and she ended up dying. And I was like, dude, how do you keep her alive? Because isn't it the discard, the model that's discarding can heal itself? And you're like, yeah, no, it's any model, bro. <laughs> any model within six. I was like, ah, that's a lot better. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she can, in essence, if you've got a model on one side of her aura, she can, that discard, she can heal on the opposite side of her aura. So it's a 12-inch range uh, bubble, or 13, I guess, with the base Yeah, size, and but... the fact that it's the card that you discard, I mean, man, I tell you, just discard a severe oh. to heal, what, three or four, whatever it is? Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll definitely chat on how much card draw is actually in this crew. Uh, you find yourself with a fistful of severes that, you know, if, if you're sitting on a bunch of severes, uh, that 111 that's in your crew or in your hand, it, it, you can you can chuck that, discard it to get that heal off. It's not yeah, the, that big. The of card deal. cycling and drawing definitely reminded me of. I've been playing a lot of Von Schill, and Von Schill has a lot of discarding and drawing mechanics with a lot of his pieces too. So, uh, definitely reminded me of that. And it's it's just card draw is fine. But when you can cycle and keep cycling and just kind of pitch the crap out of your hand, it really it does make your opponent seem like it's unfair because you have so much gas in your hand, man. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of the Lucius one engine that people just sat there in their deployment zone. Just that was a lot of dirtling, though. This is not dirtling. Oh, you get so much (laughs) more value out of this dirtle. Uh, It's and it's like you said, it's not a dirtle, but it's it reminds me of the sheer volume of cards. You're sitting there with a handful of crazy hand and but you have stuff to apply those cards to. Yeah. And the fact that you're getting the card draw, you have this healing when you need it. And you also your actions just have so much more value because you're focusing fire and it's just it's going to be a lot of damage coming in even if they're not shooting out of activation they're definitely setting up just to unload on you when they do activate absolutely and you're also pulling cards out of your deck you're able to utilize all of the triggers on all of your models because you're seeing almost your entire hand um, uh, drawing dozens of cards uh, per turn and getting the suits you need and getting some of those triggers through to the opponent. So it, what else do you do with the guild mage besides that? Is there any actions with this this model that you're doing besides just bubbling up? Oh, she's she's a great marker removal uh, piece. Uh, she okay. has a, uh, a tactical action that uh, you discard a card, which proctors a heal, a hey! target mar- marker <laughs> within six, and then you convert that marker over to a scheme marker. So um, some of these schemes that require markers close to things, um, or scheme markers, yes, Bam, switch it over. You know, it could be game winning. Uh, in, in oh, even just like Leader Mark would be really good with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And her or tactical not, not action. Mark. What's the other one? Uh, detonate charges. That's detonate. it. Detonate. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause it's a, it's a replace with whatever mark you're removing. Yep. Um, so you don't have to worry about the four inch interact aura. But her bonus action, uh, uh, disillusion, move the target up to its move in inches is a six versus willpower. So, some of these positioning where you think somebody has claim jump or it's in me only. So keep that in mind. But if something gets close to you, you can move it out of the way with this model um, with a stat six versus willpower. So and it comes with arcane shielded two counter spells on it. So it protects itself. Um, and then ancient words, which you see on a lot of models uh, in outcast on the librarians, I think it is yeah. and yeah, whatnot, yeah. but it's, this is only an eight inch range five versus willpower and has the transmutation uh, trigger to, into condition on a tome, which can be useful um, if something has, you know, focus two in your face and you can convert that to distracted two. Works pretty well. Or you could do it to your own friendly model to turn distracted two into focus two. Yeah, and there was one more model that I think you were talking about works really well with Perdita. And I, I don't know if a lot of people would think about it until they think about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, 
it's on the this this is on the NPE scale. So if you're not trying to screw over your local, if you're not meta, trying to be a bully like Nick. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and fast forward a minute and a half and you should be good. <laughs> but uh, the Death Marshal Recruiter is kind of the broken piece to this puzzle. If you need these summons on the board to uh, keep those auras up, you hire a Death Marshal Recruiter. On the front of that Death Marshal Recruiter's card, one foot toward the grave uh, states friendly marshals. Nope. I'm sorry. Rewind. Grim recruitment. After another friendly living minion within five inches is killed, which the pistol arrow is a friendly minion. Yep. Uh, this model may discard a card, which proctors a heal. Um, if it does so, the killed model is instead replaced with a death marshal uh, <laughs> and heals two, which brings it above hard to kill. What's bullshit about this is the upgrade, because it's a summon upgrade, reattaches to the new replaced model, which proctors the front of the front of the the top part of the upgrade, which gives it slow and shielded. Uh, and lets it do its uh, two-inch aura uh, all over again. It still gets the plus one stat, and it gets the the uh, suit the to suit. any of its duels. So now this death marshal is beefy. It's it's got the potential to actually kill with with some of his stats. Um, not only that, and this is where things get crazy. If it happens to kill, it goes up to a monster hunter. If the monster hunter dies. It goes back to a death marshal if it stays within that five inch aura of the death, <laughs> death marshal recruiter. So it's this endless cycle, constantly keeping that six inch buff out to the family, uh, friendly family models only, but still gets the uh, top half of the card. And that's crazy. It just, if you need an upgrade to stay on the board, you hire this model. Not only that, the death marshal recruiter protects you from so many things that Barry, like Terra, you can, yeah. you know, he can target buried models, BB and Calypso. Um, what are the other buried mechanics? Uh, uh, whatever Colette. they are. Yeah, Colette. So you've got options to attack this thing. Not to mention both the Recruiter and the Death Marshal both have Shrug off with you discard a card, you get to heal again. Hey. And then and you don't have to end a condition. Uh, because Man, it's so much the, synergy. Oh, and it's and it's ridiculous. Um, and, and the Death Marshal Recruiter still has a you know, stat six, uh, one inch melee and a stat six, uh, 12 inch gun with two, three, five. So, I mean, it's still going to be useful in the backfield. It's going to be, uh, with eight, eight health defense, six and hard to wound. It's going to stick around for a little bit, especially with all that healing. Yeah. So that's where things get really, really pretty crazy uh, against, uh, your, your enemy. There's going to be certain matchups where like, for example, if I was playing zip, you might be like, oh, I need to make sure that the ignore concealment is always up. Let me make sure I bring the death marshal recruiter. Because uh, if you don't know, all of zip's crew have sputtering exhaust, so there's concealment all over the place. And now all your guns are really scary because you ignore my concealment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what, Pete? Uh, one of the things I learned the hard way and uh, those upgrades uh, or not those upgrades, that exact upgrade that ignores concealment and hazardous terrain. Yeah. It's terrain only. So ah. the sputtering exhaust gives the concealment trait to that person. So since it's not a terrain ability, that still applies. Oh, okay. Right. So like shadow markers, uh, this thing just ignores, right? Ah, sure you are. Zip is or... still OP. Yeah. <laughs> not that you don't have all the focus, you know, in the world just to get around it. Exactly. That's that's the thing. Not not only that, I uh, the what is it? The uh, if you really need to get past concealment, I think it's the expert marksman gives ignore friendly fire, concealment, and ignore cover, ignore concealment on yep. minions and armor ignore. So 
if we need to tech in, we can tech into some of our yeah. minions. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of, like I said, the synergy is just really good with this keyword. So when you're looking at playing this new title, what what strategies have you found it really strong into? What strategies is it really just kind of really singing into? I mean, Turf War has got to be one of them. Turf War for sure. Those 12-inch guns and still being able to score the strat on your side of the board is huge. Um, yeah. And that goes the same with Corrupted Ley Lines. You don't need to cross the the, the midline in order to do anything at those, uh, at least until late game when you've already ramped your your engine and your and your killing models. Yeah, I would I would think that those are the two main ones, mainly because I don't think they want to use their actions for break the line, and I don't think you want to go get symbols. So I think those, unless you have other experience where they actually fit in well in those other two. So symbols is the hard one. That's the one I find uh, teching in like Lucius two which mm. can just do that on his own depending sure. on the board state. So if I want to keep, you know, half my family model or family crew just shooting 12 inches away, locking down the opponent crew and have Lucy Lucy 2 just hopping around dropping scheme markers and and picking up symbols um that's been used and done and done to great effect. But yeah. symbols is not my first Perdita choice for sure. Um break the line depends on the uh deployment. If okay. it's uh, standard or standard wedge. wedge. Yeah, those markers are much closer together. So your bubble, ultimately that this crew's a bubble. It wants to operate it within its six inches to synergize fully and near late game it can break out to do what it needs to do. But uh, break the lines doable in a standard or wedge outside of that corner or uh, uh, flank. You're spreading your synergy out and then you don't have synergy at all anymore. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I, I... This is a crew definitely where I think you start, maybe they can swing flank, um, especially if it's turf or corrupted. But if it's, I would think that corner would be tough for this crew. Very much so. Now, the the thing with corner though, the sh depending on the, line, the sight lines going from one True. end of the board to the other, the sheer volume of out of activation focusing and just focusing in general, these models are going to be pushing four inches. And there's plenty times where I'll find myself focusing just to draw the card and push four inches. And I, and the model already has focus too. I, I don't really care to gain the focus, but yeah. the concentrate is what triggers the, all of the effects. So taking the concentrate action triggers two of the three items and still gets them up the board. So corner is actually not that bad depending on the board and the terrain layout. Now, if it's just clustered and there's no sight lines, it's not worth it. You, you bring in, somebody better for that which would be like base or even lady j can jump up the board pretty heavily and definitely lucy lucius too so if there's a thick amount of terrain on the board like just where it's a bunch of broken sight lines and it's going to be tough to get actual shots off even if it is a good deployment do you find yourself sometimes reaching for another crew just because you're like i'm just not going to get the shots off on this yeah yeah i i it's more of a risk to try to lean into Perdita two to try to make it happen and make it work, uh, but you're you're risking winning the game. And, and at that point, especially at top tables and stuff, you've got to play what you know and and, and what's best for the board because terrain means everything. The board state means everything. Yeah. Uh, you could you you know even the most op masters and crews can't be on every board and every strat and scheme. So I, I tell you, Nick, that's why I love this game though because uh, I don't know. Have, did you? Uh... Did you come from playing in games like 40K or anything else like that? No, Dice Hate Me. I tried That's it fair. after I, I started Malifaux, but no. Well, I was going to say, so I, I come originally pay, 
originally playing 40k in fantasy, but they're they're depending on the edition. Sometimes gun lines would be more effective. Some editions melee would be, and it didn't really matter what the board was because there wasn't really cover and concealment rules and terrain didn't matter too much besides moving around it. Mm-hmm. But in, in Malifaux, yeah, Perdita can be busted like we're talking about, but there's some tables where you'll look at it and just be like, man, I just, I can't drop this, even though this is a good matchup where you're like, man, I think they're going to drop this and it'd be super good, but I don't think I'm going to get the shots off. So I need to bring something else. Absolutely. Kudos to Malifaux. I know the last episode especially Chris was a little harsh on the old weird boys, but can't be happy all the time. It's okay. <laughs> right. He's still spending his money with weird. I think they're happy still with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So we got kind of what, what we're good at. We talked about some abilities where we kind of know, I think she's scheme wise. Perdita too seems pretty flexible. I don't, I'm the only schemes I'm thinking maybe she doesn't run is probably like outflank and maybe break, breakthrough probably not what she's great at so actually what's funny about those is the the summons you're keeping them around you're protecting them they could easily they they have a bonus action to gain fast and out of activation they could be walking and walking and walking and then all of a sudden you find them on both flanks <laughs> dropping markers. Just like so, son of a bitch i'm in your deployment <laughs> yeah uh, and then not to mention you've got three models in keyword that have deadly pursuit and still have all the out of activation shenanigans. Who has deadly pursuit? Santiago, Santiago, and Monster Hunters, which are rare too. Oh, okay. uh, so, not only that, the Monster Hunters have uh, creep along, and so the the movement they could get there. I mean, you have to they they get out of their bubble of protection, but if you lean into one side of the board or kind of you know uh, a third of the way on the other side of the board, and then just send a guy eventually out to the other side, you can get you can get your markers down if you need to. And that goes with a breakthrough as well. Real quick question about, because we talk about these upgrades and we're talking about, you know, the summons and we're talking about how they can grow and then they switch into the death marshals, whatever. How often, like what percentage of games do you actually find yourself with a monster hunter? 90%. Um, really? You, you that get, often? You get very selective and there's always going to be those models that are easier to kill. And it's easy to set up the kill because you're able to discard <laughs> card. If people haven't looked at the pistol arrow, they're kind of shit for attacks. <laughs> they really are. But what's funny, and this is the crazy thing, right? So um, they're stat four versus defense with a one, two, four damage track, but they have crit strike and uh, grudge adversary. And aren't they technically stat five with the upgrade? They'll be plus one. So they'll be stat five. And a suit. And, and a suit, so crit strike, uh, and you're going to be drawing a shit ton of cards. So you're most likely going to plan this out to where oh, you're going to so have that ram. Have, yeah, you have another ram in hand. I guess that's busted up by two, huh? Double crit strike uh, with focus hitting a top end of six damage, which has happened. I've killed a master with this crappy little model. <laughs> and then what's nuts is with Dude, I'd be Abuela, so pissed if you did that to me. I'd be like this little mother. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've had worse with my totem uh, uh, killing a model before too but a little nephilim uh, hunter the wingless uh little yeah thing, nephilim? he has obey he does and slave nephilim and so it's a stat four versus willpower and, and requires a mask but you're drawing so many cards it's not uncommon to have an 11 12 or 13 of masks yeah um, you're right definitely because i was listening i can't remember whose podcast it might have been third floor it might have been somebody else oh no, no no i think it was the harlefo guys they were talking about Perdita and they were saying like, oh, the totem, you don't really do the obey because it never goes off. I think with two, it definitely goes off more often than not. 
not only that, because the the totem is the cheapest model in the crew, and it could be up or eld. And the totem is usually within six inches. And if everything has focus two oh, already, shit, I haven't even thought about that. You just send it to him. He proctors a heal to somebody. He discards a card. It proctors a heal to something else. It gains a focus. So now you're obeying your friendly models on focus too, or on focus. So you have a better chance of top decking it. And it's hit, you know, randomly, you know, maybe one out of 10 times. Sure. But you can, if you have the cards for it and you need that obey to go off, it goes off. Not only that, across the board, uh, the, uh, Abuela affects all of this out of activation stuff because if Abuela is on the board and has line of sight to a model that does something out of activation, it gets a plus one stat. So a pistol arrow, let's say you have your master plink something down to two health left, mm-hmm. discards a card, sends it to the pistol arrow to do an action, has a focus on it from all the, all the shenanigans. It spins the focus, has the ram, does six damage, four damage, whatever, and out of activation, it's doing a stat six versus defense instead of five or even four. Nice shot, Sonny. Yeah. And so it's pretty easy to orchestrate this to where the pistol arrow grows into a monster hunter and can be even better. Dude, with all the Tex-Mex and Texas, dude, you got to love this crew. It's like spot on brand for you guys down there. Yeah, let's just say I'm having one custom painted with Texan flag colors. And there shit, you go. So. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeehaw, motherfuckers. Is that <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. There we go. So we have monster hunters that are showing up, which monster hunters are definitely, they're, they're gnarly when they come out. So out of all these games you've played, who who is the model that you really is getting loaded up with all this shenanigans? You're getting all these cards. I got to say, it's probably Francisco. Is that correct? Is he your beater of choice? Uh, Francisco, and actually, believe it or not, Santiago. Um, I like Santiago a lot. He's fragile, but... 100%. uh, He's great at four health or less with his uh, uh, grit uh, ability. Positives or something. Positive on attack and damage. Grit frantic, I think. Yeah, grit frantic. But with uh, Francisco, stat seven sword. I enjoyed him has triggers for crit strike family values and onslaught so potentially you can get two at two two swings per per uh ap not only that he has flurry proctors a heal by the way the his gun which rarely gets used for me at least uh has crit strike and still two four five stat six which is great heroic intervention can get things out of act uh yeah. out of engagement so if perdita's hurting or if some beater and he, and he in, gets a swing off it too Yep. So he pushes everything pushes away. He pushes in, does the swing, and then finesse is huge with him to uh, uh, put melee actions targeting him on negatives, which can be triggered off of the Aporel because Aporel doesn't say I- excluding bonus actions. Yeah, it just says take an action. That's super good. Yeah. So it, it really comes in handy. So he is he's my he's my my beater. He's he's the one going out there deleting models and being the front line, kind of protecting the bubble behind and then we'll be buffed from from behind right he's he's being supported from behind while tackling what's in front of him not only that santiago has a trigger on every suit on his gun which is a stat which six is awesome. defense it's a two four five so he's always he's usually always focused up because he's a he's a cost eight and both perdita and uh frank Francisco, can yeah. can get him uh, uh, brought up on focus 
his triggers are fantastic. Uh, adversary, family values, crit strike again, and then frantic attack. He takes a damage and takes an action again. So he can really start shooting over and over and over and over again. Uh, he's got sober up, which is can be clutch in a weird way. You, you find yourself doing something and all of a sudden, you know, you get hit with some random trigger and go, shit, I got to I got to take care of this. He's got into condition and give it focus one um, and oh, as yeah. challenge or uh, I've got your back pulling a model out of active or out of engagement with a, a mass trigger to get a free shot off. So potentially he could shoot three times. So he, he's he's clutch for me. Uh, I try to keep him around as long as possible uh, because he does so much. He was solid when I used him. Uh, I definitely there, especially some of these new masters, these new titles are putting out a ton of conditions. So just the fact that you can add, just end it. I know I was playing against Sandeep 2 the other day and I had models with slow, I had models with staggered, I had models on fire and I'm just like, I need more removal. And yeah, sober up can be clutch because you, you can, you can hop all that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And keep going and going and going and doing a bunch of times. So it's just like, why, why is Aporel so good with this? It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Now the other clutch model that I use is Nino and I don't, I don't ever not bring Nino. I think yeah. Nino's pretty linchpin here. He's a sniper. He's weak statted, uh, but he's got on his 14 inch range gun. He's got built in positives with a built in uh, tome tr- tome, which the, the, trigger or what triggers that is uh family values on the front of his card uh, it's got spotter and that spotter states this model's aura affects friendly models regardless of range so you just need line of sight yeah and you're gonna be across the table and still aporel can still family values across the board so you position him and he's got from the shadow so you position him correctly out the gate you fire off one maybe two shots You'll have a built-in positive. You have a built-in uh, family values. He also has a crit strike option or a quick reflexes to target a different model. Yep. Or what gets stupid is you throw the expert marksman upgrade on him, and now he has a built-in armor ignore trigger, which can be clutch in certain crews like yeah. against Hoffman. The problem is, is he's usually out there by himself and <laughs> doesn't get the support from his crew. And so lately I've found myself shooting once assessing what side of the tables he's on and if he's safe or he'll and maybe shoot again or he'll just walk back and and get into protection but that triggers that 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 free focus uh from uh, family values which will give me a card draw he'll walk back he'll discard a card to alporel to let another model focus push four inches draw another card so in essence when he activates i'm doing damage at least one at one action if not two and I'm drawing two cards, giving out two focus to two separate models, or one focus to two separate models. Yeah, and I, I like the family values trigger because let's say that you're starting to run out of cards because maybe you're cheating to get things to go off, uh, to you know get your attacks to hit, and you're running low. Those family value triggers are big for refilling your hand because you don't have to discard for those, right? That's just a concentrate. Yeah, it's just a concentrate. Yeah, it really is. And in those moments, you'll find yourself because you're sculpting your hand and then you just start unloading all of those cards on what it needs to go to, whether it's healing your, your friendly models with the discards or straight damage and, and attacks or de- even defense. I found myself using, yeah. you know, 12s and 13s to, to defend some of these models. Cause they're all pretty low statted. They're all uh, defense five. Some have willpower six. Most of them are willpower five. Um, they're very mediocre. Um, but 
having those cards is huge. But when I do need those cards, uh, the Enslaved Nephilim has the Nefarious Pact. I'll just yeah. activate him, uh, draw a card at the end of his activation. And if I can get an Obey off, even better, because then I can have something Obey to focus, push forward, draw a card, and uh, uh, potentially heal something. Okay, yeah. And so do you find... Is Nino a lot of times kind of out by himself, so he's not benefiting from getting opworld, but he's still benefiting other models to opworld them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think eventually, I start gravitating towards him. He might reunite. You can start chaining, yeah, you can start chaining these models out to where he can be affected again. Like, let's say you overextend him and realize you overextend him. He's got you two done fucked up. up. <laughs> yeah, and you can just move, you know, Santiago out, walk and focus, push, and then op or L to have him walk backwards. No big deal. Uh, into safety. And then get the guild mage up to, to eventually heal him up. Because this crew does not have direct healing. It has ping healing over a span of time and, and a span of activations. There's no model like a low river monk that can uh, heal twice to a model with, an act, with two separate actions. It's all ping heal. So if something comes in and hits hard, multiple times uh, th this this crew definitely crumbles okay so you you've played in a meta i mean you're you're obviously playing against people that are throwing stuff like alpha lists at you and high damage models at you so how are you playing against that where you're still able to not only benefit concentrate draw cards but you're also not dying to the alpha strike how, how, what are some tactics you've used to kind of uh keep the wolves at bay if you will Right. If I know an elite crew's coming, um, leadline coat, both of them go out. Right. You're 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 getting that out there. You're you're protecting yourself. Is that going on mostly? What Perdita and Frank? Usually, it's actually Frank and uh, Santiago. Uh, okay. Those two are usually the ones that that, that get hit first. Uh, I'm not too worried about Perdita unless assassinates in the crew, and I've got and I'm going up against like a uh, Nekama or something, but. Uh, Usually, with having those two models on the board with leadline coats, I might shift Santiago's over to Nino, depending, because he's usually overextended. Le but... Leadline's also good for ley lines, which we talked about this crew's probably going to do, because they can't move you off of the, uh, the ley lines. 100%. 100%. But I'll quick activate the Perdita, pulse out shielded, so now I've got two of my frontline models that are overextended up in the front. Armor with, 1 with shielded. Armor 1 with shielded. Uh, one can be a stone user that helps them survive. Plus I'm putting out the summon that will uh, put out that diet evasive, right? The minus one damage to, to whatnot. Or if, if I'm worried about vent steam coming up in my face or oh, along those yeah. lines, I'll put the other uh, stuff on, but actually no vent steam. The, uh, the upgrade doesn't work against vent steam. Cause that's a aura, not a, it would work against the evasive or the, oh, let me get this upgrade, right? The Nephilim upgrade which says family models reduce damage from aura blast pulses by one. So vent steam would be an aura, which would be yep. minus one. So you wouldn't get hit by it. But the uh, beast shield, which ignores unaffected by concealing and hazardous terrain that, that would, that upgrade wouldn't work, but I immediately put out an upgrade on the board, buffing my crew to help them out, uh, kind of negate or delay the alpha strike. It's tough because, I feel like in Malifaux, the Alpha Strike usually, if they're going to do a turn one, which they can, the good news is it's probably almost always going to be just one model coming in. It's usually just like a hammer. So, I mean, the good news is you have so much just 
activations and out of activation stuff that, I mean, as long as your model doesn't die because hopefully you haven't, you know, mispositioned it or you haven't protected it. I mean, you're going to then unload into this model that, I mean, who cares about friendly fire with all the focus and stuff you have going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also knowing your opponent's crew and knowing what other crews can do and their threat ranges is crucial. If you allow a model to dive in turn one and still get two AP swinging at, let's say three, four, six with focus and maybe charge through and God knows what else. And I'm referring to Marcus too. This, this crew gets picked apart. It really does. So you really have to know threat ranges. You have to know what your opponent can do and can't do and stay within those, those boundaries. It's funny because I'm kind of, I, I like to play the game of putting bait out there. I like to think of the uh, Jurassic Park scene with the goat and the T-Rex, where it's like, I'm just going to put something out there. I'm going to wait for your T-Rex to come in. And then if you take the bait, I'm going to unload on you. Yeah, that's yeah. generally my theme of trying to, you know, succinct out the uh, alpha. And so I'll actually do that as well, especially like in Turf War, because uh, the summons are a liability with Turf War. But yeah, you, you put out your summon. Let's say you, uh, you, you put out, I don't know, whatever, uh, the Nephilim one, which gets you to do a free shot action. You can push something with trick shot on Perdita, push it out three inches, do a couple other things, focus, whatever. But then Alparel into that model to where he's focusing and going out another four inches. Now he's on the on another quadrant, so he's not a liability to you anymore. He's focused one. He's shielded two. Um, unactivated, but he's a speed bump. He's no eat me, not the rest of my crew. He's yeah. the sacrificial lamb just to see what happens. I was going to say, if I was playing an alpha, you almost want to go after the summons just to get rid of the upgrade. But then if they bring the recruiter, it's like, well, why would I do that? I'm, might as well try to kill something that I can get rid of. I mean, yeah. but that's tough because then you have all the healing coming down. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's that's tough to to fight against, definitely. Absolutely. You almost need something like uh, like a zip in there just to, you know, throw stuff around outside of the bubble and then kill it. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that where you've run into trouble? Is when people reposition your crew and then kind of pull it apart that way? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you get outside that heal bubble, there's no more support. Guild has very few heal options. Um, and most of the heal options are fairly close range. And so, you know, you got the Guild Steward, which is six stones. You've got the Domador, which is uh, eight stones out of keyword. You got the Rider. The Rider, which only hits for one or two, which you're hitting one or two anyway on uh, your discards with the yep. Guild Mage. And actually, that's funny because the Rider, I found myself utilizing more in Perdita 1 than Perdita 2. I, that I, makes sense. That's 11 stones of out of keyword that can't synergize, can't draw cards, can't apparel. And I, don't, I just don't. I don't get benefit out of it. Yeah, and it's 11 stones. <laughs> yeah. Or, yep. I think it's 11. It's been a while since I brought it. Yeah, it's 11. Yeah. Hey, that's nice because, you know, I see a lot of guild players kind of lean on that crutch of the Pale Rider a lot. So it's nice to see it not brought. <laughs> yeah. And so this crew really focuses on its synergy. If you're not synergizing, you're not, you're not competing. You're not optimizing its potential. Okay. So... Looking at, because you, you've played Guild, you played them, I think, in Las Vegas, correct? And yeah. you've been playing them quite a bit competitively, just spitballing it. I mean, how well are you doing with them? Are you, are you winning like 75% of your games? Like, how are you feeling with them? 
when I'm in it and I'm focused, not just trying to play games to learn how the sure. opponent crew works and trying to try goofy stuff. I've, I've probably got about an 80, maybe 75% win rate on them. And again, that's when I'm hard focused and I'm, I'm, I'm looking to win. I've definitely found the weaknesses um, with this crew by playing as many games as I've had. And uh, obviously that's going to skew the results. And, and once I learn this type of stuff and, and know uh, at when it's, optimal conditions this crew is damn near unstoppable yeah i was going to ask you kind of as as the next part going into this what don't what doesn't perdita 2 like to see what are some things where it's like oh man that that was rough when i i dropped her into that yeah hard to wounds rough um because everything's min two yeah everything's min two at that point um uh and and it's the folk you're not getting the benefits of the focus the focus is just negating the hard to wound so th- these you're people, probably you still know, at a negative right and, and i'm referring to you know transmortis everything's hard to wound he's got a shit ton of card draw um they're 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 probably a more optimal crew uh, uh in their element but when i play against rezzers i don't play perdita okay uh guild has a pretty fantastic option against rezzers uh, in lady j that I, I don't know why I would choose anything else. So, <laughs> but yeah, even, even some of the hard hitting melee crews and I mean, Nekama, uh, the black blood negation with the up, summon upgrade is, is pretty good and whatnot, but Barkus, uh, I've got, I'm my next venture is try to figure out how to play Perdita into Barkus, uh, which is Marcus too. <laughs> sorry. Um, having all of those. Why, why do you swings. call him Barkus? Because he's because he's an he's animal now. Yeah, he's a he's an animal. Is he a um, dog? He looks a little more feline like to me. I don't know. I don't know. I want to shoot him like old Yeller, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> he done me dirty. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> he he bit me. He bit me hard. Are you talking? Um, so so just funny story. Chris played Marcus two into me twice. Once with Hamlin. And he couldn't kill uh, Nyx because Nyx has the no severe aura. And he did, he missed killing him by like two hit points. And then I just did his bonus and like three or four models failed it. So then I healed four off of that. Oh, jeez. And then the other time I just had Von Schill 2, which if you haven't played against Von Schill 2, there's a lot of shielding, a lot of armor like normal, but it's getting passed around a little bit more. So Von Schill almost killed Marcus and the Chimera in one and a half turns. Ooh. It, yeah, it was pretty. I was like, dude, you can't just run into my armor. It's like armor beats, you know, bestial skins, man. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I don't think Outcast probably have as hard of a time, but Perdita maybe. Because it is, yeah. dude, that Marcus 2 is so fast. It's fast. All the upgrades, the anti just everything Ooh, how's, how's she the handle the terror how's how's that go with her crew that that's the next thing is her uh, it's probably okay because she's got a high willpower yeah she has a high willpower but uh the rest of her crew i mean she has no ruthless in keyword i don't yep. believe yeah, um I think so. so you're doing out a keyword or i mean most things have stat six frank and um santiago have stat six so not terrible not terrible but that's more card flipping it is um and Possibly having cheat your cards. Yeah, and if you're sculpting your hand, you're most likely looking at a lot of valuable cards in your hand that you don't want to get rid of, you know. So there's not a whole lot of sixes, sevens, and eights floating in your hand. That's usually low, low cards to discard at the end of turn, um, so you don't see them next round, or high cards. And so when you have to cheat, when you need to cheat like a five or a six, you're like shit. 
okay. So it becomes an issue. Ruthless definitely is an issue uh, against certain crews. Now, if you're going again, or not ruthless, uh, terror, terrifying. Now, going into Dreamer, some of those terrifying models that have, I believe, some of them have incorporeal as well. Yeah. It's worth the investment to get past terrifying for the incorporeal because you have the anti-incorporeal aura yeah. with the summon upgrades. So, so, yeah. And so there's there's options there, but, you know, you go into some of these reser crews that have a ton of terrifying. Uh, that, that gets that gets brutal. Um, Neverborn. How do you feel fighting into the bayou with this crew? Is it like just shooting, shooting green skins in a bucket? Like, how's it go? Yeah, I finally feel like I have the tools to take on Ophelia one and potentially Ophelia two with those freaking upgrades. Yeah, Ophelia's always been so good. The sheer volume of shield. Well, she got kneecapped a little bit, so that's a little yeah. better. Yeah, sorry, uh, Francois. I, I'm I'm not a yeah Rip Frank Francois. I should say I'm not the hugest Kin fan. Uh, I know there's a lot of other Kin players that were more in love with them than I've always been. Um, you know me, I'm always a Maw Tucket and a Zip Boy, so. Oh yeah, uh, that's how I roll. Absolutely, and Mottucket. I mean, I guild or not guild. Uh, the good thing about Perdita too, going into Bayou, is so much of the Bayou shenanigans are re are revolving around their triggers and their synergy yeah. on triggers. Yeah, stunned. So st- stunned is just so much more useful. I also feel like you can just all of a sudden out of nowhere just one shot a gremlin. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. Gremlins are, if people don't know, gremlins are fragile for the most part. Yeah, it, they're, they're the easier faction to grow pistoleros into monster hunters. Sorry. I bet. Because, well, well, no, I mean, there's just, there's totems that are pretty easy to kill. There's gre- little gremlins that are easy to kill. Even some of our beaters are easy to kill. It's, it's, fra- I'm telling you, go into Outcast. I'm like, man, my stuff doesn't die nearly as fast. I can actually <laughs> play a little little bit more of the game right sometimes playing bayou i always feel like sometimes i have to risk more because i don't know if this model is going to hang around because i'm telling you there's just those bad flips where it's like oh you just one shot at my dude cool all right well let's move on no for sure for sure Uh, Bayou, although fantastic has its weaknesses as you know but But, oh there's so much fun because there is so much jank and high risk reward type going on there where and sometimes I, that's how you got to play that crew or just that faction. It's just, I know I'm going to lose probably more than half my crew, but is it going to position me to win the game? Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, being a uh, Bayou player, what do you think about slice six shots? Have you, utilized I, w- I was actually going to ask you if you played him. Now I actually have played him with Ophelia too, because I do feel like there's a lot of scheming and out of activation shots and, um, I do like him in, in two. Uh, I wouldn't bring him, I don't think, with Ophelia one, because I think Ophelia two, you're actually doing more scheming and interacting. So I think he's worth it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've brought him at least six or seven times and he's he's always gotten me points. Yeah, I haven't used him much in Perdita two. And, and the reason why is he doesn't have Operel. He doesn't have uh, Bravado. He doesn't have any of the synergies with, with Guild. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't even discard cards, does he? No, no. He has some cool ability with like the, uh, the um, what is it? The secret passage light on his trigger for false claim. Yeah, the, the sneak um, away. Yeah, that that's kind of cool. And then Gunrunner's kind of cool. I'm taking, you know, Pretty is taking a bunch of shots in, in volumes, which is maybe why that's there because there's so many shots happening with 
out of activation that he could just kind of keep piddling up two inches at a time up the board. But I don't know. Uh, he, he's a, a decent investment. It, it, there's better options at six cost, six stones in family. I feel that I can get more use out of it. I think with the new nerfs, he probably has found a better spot in kin. Before, I would say there wasn't really a great spot for him. You almost had to force it in there because you always brought pretty much all of the main kin models except for pair. Yeah, but now he might have a spot. Does I don't think Bayou has a false claim model. So with your upgrade, if this if this was not a guild model and if it was a Bayou model, it would be so much better for Bayou. Yeah. Because if other if other keywords could have false claim, that would be huge. Oh, especially with your upgrade to get focus on this markers drop. Yes. Isn't that yeah. you, you put that on Ophelia and all this? Well, it's super it a, good with Ophelia. I had yeah. somebody I think I was playing against somebody at Captain Con, and they did that where they stacked it up with Sly. And then literally just, you know, 12 cups, two focus, zip goes off, or not zip, but, you know, uh, Ophelia goes off with it. Ophelia and Rami both having those upgrades with Sly nearby. Yep. False claim twice. There's four markers. Yeah, it was board. really good. Yeah, I could see him running really well with that. But at, at least in Guild, I don't, I have a false claim option in, in key, not in keyword, but uh, in, in faction. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I haven't been able to figure out where he fits for my needs other than, well, I'm going to give him a shot, right? I don't, I don't see a. He's my first choice for anything. Yeah, I just don't know because there just seems like there's more models in guild that you could use to do what he would do. Um, like I said, in Bayou, he he would have a lot of playability and does, but I feel like guild already has models that does his thing, but does it better? <laughs> right, right. I could see maybe even putting leadline code on him to because he's got that flinch. Um, with a low stat and squeal. So even if he takes a shot, he's going to be negating two points of damage to a minimum of zero. He is harder to kill than it looks. And so, so is, honestly, Kin is harder to kill, like even their squishy models. Um, that's yeah, actually sh- one of the tankier factions. Yeah. Yeah, so the fact that every time you attack, they're gaining a shield and he has that, that's definitely big. Anything else uh, on your little notepad there? Anything else we missed or neglected to say? I think we got a lot of it. Yeah, I think I think we touched on 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 everything across the board. I mean, you know, uh, I kind of have a base list that I that I kind of stick with for ninety percent of my games with the uh, Master Totem, Francisco, Nino, Santiago, Guild Mage. That seems to be my core. Um, yeah. And it still leaves me 19 stones to to flex in. And if I do the Abuela and Death Marshal Recruiter, that leaves me five stones, which is mediocre. It's it's not bad because I only have two stone users anyway. Well, and that's why this keyword's also good because you also have a flex, you know, what, Papa Loco for the blow it to hell? Yeah. So, yeah, two of the models I haven't even mentioned. Papa Loco. Well, it's, no, we mentioned slide. But, yeah, Papa Loco I'll bring in. When I need I when I need uh, markers in troves removed, like shadow markers, ice pillars, pit traps, um, pit traps. Oh my god! Because um, one of the summons on one of the summon upgrades will remove markers within aura two when it's when it's attached. Now I found myself also killing my own models, my own summons, so that I can resummon it later because I need yeah. that marker removal. Because it <laughs> I only need it again. Shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. Uh, 
Papaloko is a great option for that. Plus, I mean, he's got some okay stats. He's a liability, yeah. though, because of his demise. Holy shit. But he has a great shockwave <laughs> attack. But that demise, three damage, is brutal. And you go into a crew that can murk him from, from afar, and I and you don't play him right, he can, he can mess your crew up. Next thing you know, you're taking like nine damage across a few models. Right, absolutely. I've, I've been there with Trunky, man, an old trunk for Von Schill. Oh, yeah. Like, that gets picked out. Ugh, man, that's why I hate Austere and Twiggy, because they can just one-shot the friggin' trunk. Oh, Makes geez. me sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, cool. and it's like turn one, and I'm like, oh, my trunk blew up. Huh. Yep, Son absolutely. But yeah, you know, some of the shenanigans we've we've touched on, the Death Marshal Recruiter, the, the Guild Mage... There's a ton of great triggers in this keyword, especially when you upgrade to a monster hunter and you get that free free. Scoot. I know I mentioned before in another podcast that if I was starting guild, I'd probably start off with Dashel's keyword because I like his uh, main and then his title. Mm-hmm. But man, I tell you what, if you're a new player, this this box, this uh, crew, I should say, is only what two boxes, and you have the whole crew. Yeah, yeah, you get everything from. Nino up seven stones and up in one box. Actually, you no, know I think they might have even put a boiler in this in the family box now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So the box comes with Perdita, the totem, Nino, Francisco, Santiago, Papa, and uh, and the abuela. So yeah, it comes with pretty much all the named ones. And then I think the other box is the summon stuff. Yeah, so the pistol arrows and the monster hunters. It's a, it's a fantastic deal if you're new and getting into the game. Absolutely. Yeah, it really and, is. And how sick is the alt uh, Perdita model? She, I think she has a couple, but she there's one of hers where it, it looks a lot better than the one that comes in this box. So I know I would probably hunt that down if I was... Actually, Frank has a cool alt model too. Yeah, yeah, there's a cool... There's several cool alt models for, for uh, the uh, Ortegas. Uh, they've been around since first edition, so yeah. they've gotten the benefit of all of that. But yeah, there's the one where... She's kind of turned backwards with her ass hanging out and the gun. <laughs> um, and then there's an alt one where she's mis- it's mysterious, I think, and it's for a death marshal recruiter or death marshal because she's next yeah. to a coffin. So there's some cool stuff with with uh, with uh, Perdita's keyword. Yeah. So how how you been liking it? Are you are you sticking with it still competitively? Like what 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 are your plans with Guild and Perdita too? Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Perdita two out for a while. Um, depending on where GG three takes us and what its focus is, uh, I have a I might flex back into Ten Thunders with. God, I've been seeing some strong stuff out of some of these. I mean, Lynch Ooh, two looks so Landon's, much fun. Landon's been killing it, man. Oh, and they just uh, Landon and Longton both hit first and second or first and third at uh, Adepticon. Yeah, I believe Don't, I could be misquoting because. Official results haven't been posted, but yeah. what, what, from what I've, the buzz I've Word heard, mouth. <laughs> yeah, uh, two or three out of the top five have been ten thunders. Do uh, Texas have some people go up there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Andre and Brian went up. They placed uh, third and fifth, I believe. Solid third and sixth, something like that. And then uh, uh, Andre won, I believe, the Hinchman Hardcore today on Sunday or Saturday. No, Sunday. And so. Uh, uh, we had a few people go. I'm saving my out of town <laughs> discussion with my wife for Malifaux or Nova. When you're a married family, man. You gotta be like, all right, where do I want to spend my miniature capital here? 
Right, right. Or figure out a way of putting work in that area at that same time, right? It's like, oh, work can pay for it, and I'll just go there on the weekend. But yeah, uh, no, yeah no, Nova, was a hard Nova one. is the next, one, next big one that I'm looking at uh, going to for sure. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's my goal. So, you know, depending on where GG3 takes us, um, I'm riding Guild out until the wheels fall off right now. And uh, if uh, GG3 comes out and it looks to be a different approach to the game um i'll kind of assess because i've also got explorer society which i haven't touched yet and i've got as you know i've got a lot of models that i'm trying to get to the table now yep i i just don't know what i want to play I, I, i'm a glutton for this game i'm a glutton for buying new shit and spending money into it and when i run out of money or run out of stuff to spend money on in the hobby i want to find more i want to keep supporting things and, and growing and, and learning things so so i know you said it's strong and, and you know you don't want to play it against especially newer players do you think perdita 2 is too strong or do you think she fits well in a malifaux burns world i think she's in the top you know heap of the malifaux burns world uh i don't know if she's too strong because i've i've seen some bullshit out there what would you do if i terra kidnapped perdita turn one what would you do god damn i don't know well the good thing is i'd have focus on all my models so at least you can't hold them hostage forever yeah you know mostly forever mostly yeah i guess the problem is, is if they've already activated then i'm screwed well, no matter what well just... so what i'm saying i mean because that's the thing you got to think about and i don't think the titles are like I, I like the strong titles. I think that's all good. I think they need to tweak these kind of stupid interactions, which they've started to. Yeah. And I think Terra 2 needs to be on the chopping block because literally it could be turn one, activation one, I go first. I send it in. I can steal your damn master. And you haven't had any chances to interact with it. And then if you somehow do unbury her, let's say after I activate two or three models, you're in the middle of my crew and not by your crew, which is a big problem for Perdita for sure. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's the thing I almost say Perdita two is kind of like Explorer society when they first came out, a lot of people screaming, this is bullshit. This is too much. Needs to be nerfed, needs to be nerfed. And then people start learning how to counter, yeah. how to play against and, and pick it apart. You know, that, you know, want people to learn the hard way, but uh, <laughs> you get rid of that guild mage healings out of the crew. That is the number one. Like, yeah, when you discard, can you can you heal the guild major? Is it other? No, you can heal the guild mage. Okay. Yeah, and it's got but, shielded too. But a lot squishier than the other models. I feel it is. Yeah, you target focus on that. Um, that ends a lot of things. The problem is, is you got to make sure you can get yourself out of that bubble because everything has gunfighter. Everything's able to to really wreck shit in 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 melee. So you you got to be able to survive, but, uh, you start picking this crew apart and it, it, there, there's a, there's a way of, of, of beating Perdita too, but you really well, have to weather a storm. I think in you and I both have been, well, I know I've been playing for a while and you've been playing for a while, but I think if, if you're not familiar how to deal, because bubble crews can seem super oppressive because if you go into the bubble, just willy nilly, it's just going to be a terrible experience. And, you know, that could be for Perdita, that could be for Hamlin, that could be for anybody that's a bubble crew or Jedsa. If you just go into it and just hoping and attacking just random models, there are certain linchpins and tech pieces that it's like, I have to take this apart first, and then I got to deal with this. So, I mean, for Perdita, if you can get the Guild Mage, that's probably target one, because then there's not healing going on. Right. 
Um, after that, try to get some of the squishier beaters like Santiago is probably up on the list there. Um, if you can, if they bring Abuela, she's usually a good one just to kill for synergy. I feel like Perdita is the one that it might feel like a trap. Like if you're going into Perdita heavy, I don't know. I mean, has somebody ever gone into Perdita and either killed her or almost killed her? We're like, oh crap, that was actually close. Yeah, yeah. It, it the what's funny is by the time she seems she tough gets, to kill, like in one go. Yeah, by the time she gets to the point where she's almost dead, or if not dead, I've already got all the support on the table that is buffing the rest of the crew to still do what they're doing. So you're only getting through one speed bump while bullets are still flying past you. Yeah, and so it takes a lot of traction, a lot of push and potentially a lot of mistakes on the Perdita player to uh, not mitigate that or at least accept it as a reputable or a, a, an okay speed bump by the opponent. And it's usually going to be later game. I've never had her die like round two, but it's at least acceptable if you need to because your crew is scoring the points. She is there buffing your crew, handing out stun to let your other crew be more survivable and shielded while plinking down your, your opponent. So you're just losing the toolbox, but you still got your power on the table with a decent amount. You lose your card draw, obviously for later rounds, but um, you should have a handful already. Does their upgrade stop lures or is it just obeys? Just obeys. Yeah. So, so, you, lures so you can is, still be lured out. Correct. You can still be lured. Um, Leadline coat stops that, but yeah. again, um, not every model can have leadline coat. Yeah, and I think that's kind of when you're just going against a bubble crew, you just got to pick your spots. And sometimes that means, I, and especially coming from playing like Cadmus a ton and playing Jetsa a ton, I've, I've played like Maw or I've played Zip, and you just have to kind of skirt the edges. And it's kind of like just picking the weak from the pack, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, ill, you know, little little Nino is kind of off by himself. Let me go f with him and right. try to take him out. Okay, look, now Santiago's overextended. Let me go ahead and take advantage of that. That's what you have to do against Bubble Cruise. You can't just go on in and just hope for the best. You know, I've been to torn apart by Hole in the World because it puts a model so far away from your bubble. Yeah, what's the place for that? Uh, six inches from the model that it, it's on. The whole so, wall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's six inches from its current location. But, like, for okay. instance, Serena Bowman, six versus defense or willpower. I'm sorry, five versus defense or willpower. And you're tossing it six inches. You can really strategically place, pull the pieces out that you need to out of that uh, bubble to start picking it apart. <laughs> well, the more we talk, the more I'm just like, yeah, I think I just need to bring Zip into that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Zip and seems like a good pick. Zip is fantastic against this crew. Anything with even just shoving a, 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 a boring conversation model in. Yeah. It's just such a it's a it's a, a card burn, especially with stat with kind of mediocre stats on willpower across the board. It's going to chew through some cards and you're going to have you're going to be hard to get your what you need done. Yeah, I was going to say the pianos would be a problem, but if you tech Papa, you're probably okay there. Yeah, or even the summon upgrade, and then you've yep. got the or, uh, guild mage, which is in every crew, which oh, yeah, can remove it too. and turn it. So there, there's yeah, you're options okay there. there. And you could do out of activation with the with the cheap models to just, because they're destructible, right? Yep, so you can yeah. just poop. <laughs> yeah. So you wind up getting 140% 
you know, of the AP that most people do. So, or 40% yeah. more than you know, you're, the, most people because of okay, that. I'm, synergy. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this talk especially, and just some of the things we've been doing on the podcast, I really hope to see more guild players. Um, I don't know if they've just been playing the new hotness lately and now they're hopefully finally coming back home to guild. Um, I actually, I like guild a lot and I debated playing them, but I think there's going to be a nice little guild pop where a bunch of people are going to start playing Perdita and playing Lucius two or playing the new Hoffman. So I I think there's going to be a lot of guild players out there. So that's why I kind of migrated on over to the outcasts. Yeah, not a bad choice. Uh, and also Guild uh, is, you know, you look at the other factions, they're boring compared to the other factions. They're, Talk they're about aesthetic-wise? Aesthetic, yeah. I think I think you got, you and Dixon even mentioned how they're just yeah. humans, they're humans with guns. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the reason why I got into Guild was our, my group of friends each chose a separate faction, and Guild was the easiest to learn. This is my first war game. And so Perdita was my first master, which in Tui was a ping-pong master. She just kept ping-ponging from different models because she kept pushing towards stuff and uh it was easier to learn and that's where i learned how to play war games and malifaux yeah. in general and a lot of people you know they come in they go oh i want to play the, the the you know the little kid with the teddy bear and the monster yeah. and whatever and it's like okay i get that um and this is very vanilla compared to the rest but now that yeah, they've got yeah. some interesting interactions they've got some viability on a competitive level competitive level and they've got some cool aesthetics now they're getting better with their aesthetics with guild even like boring ass nelly one like you know i want to play a female journalist that uh, just runs around squealing on people that's yeah. not really exciting i mean she's a pain in the ass to deal with but now with her malifaux burns model she's she seems super cool and interesting Feel like i'm in the newsies musical when i play against her right yeah what the hell exactly. is going on here <laughs> so i i really like where guild's going now and i think even weirds kind of noticed the aesthetic issue. And uh, I can only imagine the, the guild models aren't selling as well as the rest of the models. I mean, at least my game store has more guild than anything else. And so it, I like that where they're going with these titles and changing what's happening with guild. So, all right, man. Well, I think we covered it. I mean, was there anything you wanted to shout out real quick? Anything you want to plug away at? Oh, the only plug I can say is uh, support your content creators. God, whoever it, it, they may be whoever they may be you know whether you listen to this me. specifically pete and uh <laughs> but no i mean this stuff takes time effort this is a labor of love not for profit and I, I don't think there's any profit in this anyway but it's showing the support and the love whether it's likes subscribes and and comments and if you could throw a buck or two i mean especially pete i gotta commend you in 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 your group for consistently putting out malifaux content uh you make my commutes dreamy so yep we we try to put them out at least once every seven to ten days um because yeah i mean i'm i'm the same way i i won't i won't talk badly with my fellow podcasters but i will say that i don't like listening to myself on the car ride so please other content creators please put out uh consistent content as well because i love listening to other podcasts and there's so many times i can listen to myself dixon and then chris pitching about explorers it was pretty bad in that last episode <laughs> chris. i was like i was like chris shut up God. oh geez yeah uh we gave him he was pretty salty tonight. he was i mean but it's uh, it's understandable it would be the same thing if um if ma and zip got 
you know, nerfed, I'd be pissed too. I'd be like, well, I'm not playing this right now. This is BS. But I think we're going to have him in a good spot. He's kind of one of these, uh, you know, really synergistic crews and really kind of doing some stuff to screw you over. So I'm like, dude, here's Pandora. Here's, you know, Zoraida. Yeah, that's the right faction for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this stuff, it looks cool. And you can do some twisted, broken shit that'll piss people off. Absolutely. And Neverborn's always been competitive. Always. Yeah. Through every iteration, their their interactions, yes, they have their weaknesses, you know, no guns, no shooting, range, whatever, no minimal market re- marker removal. But they're they're they hit hard, they can maneuver, they can they've got a ton of incorporeal, they've got a ton of yeah, options. A ton of they're tricks, fantastic. Man. Yeah. I mean, golly. They're fantastic. Yeah, I have a feeling the next game we play tomorrow he's gonna play Pandora, and I'm gonna be nice because I actually think Von Schill 2 just wrecks her. So I'm going to be nice and not bring Von Schill 2. Von Schill 2 is pretty gross into her, I think. Oh. Well, there's so much ruthless in Von Schill's keyword that you can bring. And I'm like, cool, Von Schill's going to rip you apart. And then I'm going to send these ruthless rockets at you. And then you're dead. Isn't Pandora 2 title uh, doesn't require as much ruthless to counter? I'm, not, still pretty... I'm not sure about Pandora 2. I haven't dropped into that yet. Yeah. Um, so... But gotcha. I think he's just trying keywords, so I'm going to try to play nice. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this you is try Hamlin. Made it, well, I did, because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, cool, these rats will die and you'll have fun. And then he tries attacking Nick, so I'm like, well, that's not the right move. <laughs> don't do that. It only takes one time to try to kill Nick's and realize you don't kill Nick's. You just steer clear of him. Well, even if you are the most disgusting beater in the game, you're probably still not going to kill Nick's if I have soul stones. Right. Unless you have a crap ton of irreducible damage, then that's probably going to get him. Um, so, right. I mean, yeah. what, Jed's a two? Yeah. Uh, Hoffman, two. Yeah. Well, you're only getting one shot off with that, though. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, nuke him down. You have to do three different models with that, which is still good. Because mm-hmm. Nyx doesn't have a ton of boxes. <laughs> right. It just seems like it. Oh, God. And then the constant healing from willpower fails and... God knows what else. He's he's good. Yep. So I've been enjoying that. I'm going to put my reps in, uh, just like we talked about on this podcast. And it's really any keyword. I mean, I got to imagine, even with all this stuff going on with Perdita, Nick, you you probably got it tuned up where you play it pretty quick. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I've got the I've got it down. Um, for the most part, I think the hardest part is trying to explain it to my opponents because I find myself, I know what the actions do and what cards I need. And it's easy on, especially like on Vassal when I play a lot of games, it's quick and easy. You're all, everybody's looking at digital cards. You go, I'm doing the bonus action. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Bam, done. But in person, you know, oh, can I see the card? Can I see the card? And it's like, yeah, hold on. There it is. And I have to explain it all. And that, that becomes more of a chore. And I need to get better at explaining the interactions with my crew, especially with the card draw and why it's triggering and when it's triggering. And, you know, Apparel is whoever's doing the, out of activations actually discarding not the model that just ended activation yeah. so you've you've got to really explain things and explain what the auras are out there um because that can get yeah, confusing i try i try to front load that um i try to do that at the beginning of the game to say have you played against this before okay mm-hmm. let me give you a quick rundown and then okay if you have questions while i'm doing it just let me know because i'm going to kind of go through it so if you want me to stop and explain it, I can, but I try to do it. I try to do it where, especially if I did something like brew two, I'd be like, I can explain all this. 
I did it at the beginning of the game, but if something's confusing, just let me know. Or if you think I skipped something, just let me know. But I try to front load that as much as possible to keep the game going. Absolutely. Good little tip for everybody. But Nick, thanks for coming on again, Nick. We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, I got to do a couple things before I even hit the, hit the pillow yet. So, But um, yeah, until next time, make sure that you guys have flipped the cards, flipped the tables, and we will see you all next time. Bye.